This is the talk of the town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free at 1-800-765-8255. Now, here are your hosts for the talk of the town, Dave Wilson and Sarah Giosi. Good morning. Welcome into the program, Talk of the Town with Dave and Sarah. Give yourself a round of applause. You've made it through another week. Congratulations. The end of the week means, well, a couple of things. The weekend is but a few hours away, and today is your opportunity to weigh in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. 800-765-8255 is the phone number. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. Those are your gateways to expressing, well, whatever it is you want to. That's the theme of, well, most of the show. All week long, we decide the topics and the direction we want to go. Although sometimes we decide that very late in the process. But today, whatever you want to discuss, you can give us a call. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255. Or text me, 304-TALK-304. The uh, Twitter feed is open as well. At Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. We are going to spend a few minutes with Montague County Sheriff Perry Palmer coming up uh, about eight minutes from now. And we will see if there is any update to the investigation into the death of Alexa Randolph. Uh, Randolph was reported missing last week. Uh, It was actually Thursday. Then on Friday, Morgantown police officers found her SUV and found her body in the cargo area of that SUV. From that point, uh, Montague County Sheriff's Department took over the investigation, and they have been looking into the circumstances, what happened, We'll see if we have some updated information, what we know at this point when we talk to Sheriff Perry Palmer. Again, that's about eight minutes from now. Let's hit the headlines. And I'm going to continue. I don't want to jinx it. Nobody wants to jinx this, I think. Uh, If you talk to Dr. Marsh or or Jim Hoyer or Governor Justice, uh, DHHR, Dr. Amjad, nobody wants to jinx jinx this, but the... COVID numbers continue what I like to call the optimistic trend here in West Virginia. Yesterday, daily infection rate was under 5%. It hasn't been under 5% since, uh, what, a couple of months? Active cases continue to decline. Hospitalizations are back under 400. That number was 818 in January. Less than a month ago, that was double. So those are headed in the a positive direction. Uh, Active cases headed in the positive direction. The RT value is still down where it needs to be, and vaccinations continue. Now, we have a capacity to do a whole lot more than we are, but the shots that are coming into West Virginia, they are being distributed. And uh, as of last count, which will be updated in about an hour, West Virginia was pushing 200,000 people to have at least had the first dose of the vaccines so all all moving in an optimistic direction that's the way we're that's the way i've termed it an optimistic trend as the numbers continue to improve do you want to mention the vaccination clinics today and uh, where they are located of course the those are by appointment only 
and all appointments are full. They're utilizing the existing wait list. If you have not registered yet, please do so. If you would like to get the vaccine at vaccinate.wv.gov. Vaccinate.wv.gov. Here are the vaccination clinics today in Harrison County uh, from now until 4 at the Nathan Goff Armory in Clarksburg. Marion County will have a vaccination clinic from 1 to 4 at the National Guard Armory. Monongalia County until 4 o'clock today up at the former Sears store at the Morgantown Mall. And in Tucker County, don't want to leave out Tucker County, over in Tucker County until 3 at the Parsons Volunteer Fire Department. Again, all appointment only, and all appointments are full. They're utilizing the existing wait lists. So as we've said many times, if you know, you know. Uh, those are the vaccine clinics. Governor Justice, 1130 briefing today. That's the scheduled start time. We'll have live coverage over WVMetroNews.com. If you caught Metro News Talk Line with Hoppy Kirchville yesterday, and let's face it, why wouldn't you? Uh, Montague County Delegate Evan Hansen was on the program, and he brought up an issue that he and uh, Delegate Elamfeld have brought up, and that is the issue of not very many inspectors with the state office of oil and gas and a whole lot of wells that need to be inspected. Inspectors have been cut from 40 down to 11, and they still have to handle, inspect, and keep an eye on 75,000 active and abandoned oil and gas wells around the state. Now, there are a couple of issues at play here. One is the inspectors are funded through permit fees. All right, makes sense. But Gas well drilling has slowed a bit in West Virginia, and that has led to a reduction in permits, which is a reduction in permit fees. And, I mean, you can see where the pattern goes. Then you have a reduction in funding and ultimately a reduction in, in inspectors. So one of the items to keep an eye on that will be brought up during the 60-day session, which starts next week, will be legislation to address that and address funding sources. And there are a couple of ideas floating out there to, you know, reallocate funds, maybe a $100 fee, a fixed fee to fund these well inspectors and get the numbers back up. And there's legitimate concern there, obviously. You don't want these wells to degrade to a point where you have contamination and that can affect your water supply. We all remember what happened down in Charleston uh, several years ago now. So there are definitely legitimate issues there, but also you've got to find a dedicated, I would prefer you find a dedicated funding source. You've got to get people on board and work towards something that maybe not everybody likes, but at least everyone could agree to. I think that's the option you want to move in there. So we'll see how that comes up. Of course, uh, Delegate Hansen uh, from here in Monongalia County is an expert in that field. I mean, his his business is based on... Uh, environmental sciences. So we'll see how that goes, how it's received, and uh, if it gets bipartisan support, if it gets enough support to get through the legislature, which, by the way, gavels into session on Wednesday. Mention the 60-day session. WVU fans at games, numbers keep going up. That's another optimistic trend, right? So what was it? Last week, 1,000 fans got in for the game against Florida. 
This week, they upped that to 1500 for tomorrow's game against Kansas, and, of course, everything after that. And then starting next Saturday, when WVU plays host to Oklahoma, 2,800 fans will be permitted in the Coliseum to witness the game. Priorities being given to players, uh, family and friends of players and coaches, uh, WVU students, some fans, and um, the Mountaineer Athletic Club. So, again, if you know, you know. Kind of one of those deals. But it's part of that optimistic trend, that overall optimistic trend that just maybe, just maybe, uh, there's some sense of normalcy that's not that far down the road anymore. Those are your headlines this morning. Of course, much more information over at the website. Go to WVMetroNews.com. I have, we'll get into this bottom of the hour, or at least touch on it, because I have not fully, I have not fully fleshed it out, and I've only really scratched the surface of trying to understand the statistics better. Yesterday in our conversation with Molly Kennedy, uh, ACLU Outreach Director, she mentioned some of the statistics of, uh, as far as race, percentage by race breakdown of, of total population, uh, of percentage of arrests in Morgantown. And it was part of her perspective that uh, a police review board is needed for a number of reasons. And I started yesterday, and again, I've just started the process of getting into statistics. And I told you at the end of the show yesterday, you know the old saying about statistics. So we'll, we'll dip our toe into that subject coming up at the bottom of the hour and try to start to unravel numbers because, as most of you know, numbers can, they can tell you a lot and they can tell you nothing at all all at the same time. Bottom of the hour plus, it's Anything Goes Friday. We'll talk about anything you want to talk about. All you have to do is give me a call, 800-765-TALK. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. 916, we'll talk to Montague County Sheriff Perry Palmer next. We're talking about your town. Now back to the talk of the town. Last last week, Alexa Randolph was reported missing in Morgantown on January 29th. Her body was located in the cargo area of her own SUV in the parking lot of the Hornbeck Road Walmart. Montague County Sheriff's Department is leading that investigation. And joining me now on the program is Montague County Sheriff Perry Palmer. Good morning, Sheriff. Good morning, Dave. How are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, how have you been? Uh, we're doing we're doing good. I mean, everything's you know always something going on every day. <laughs> that's it keeps us busy and out of trouble. At least that's what they tell me. Uh, Sheriff, let's start at the beginning uh, of the the Alexa Randolph investigation. Uh, what do we know at this point? about what happened between, well, let's just start when she was reported missing on Thursday. Okay. Yeah, David, I have uh, my lead detective with me, Lieutenant Pete Tennant. He's one of the head in the investigation, so he can answer a bunch of these questions. Um, this uh, started on January 29th. Uh, Morgantown detectives located the body of Alexa. 
Randolph uh, in a vehicle on at the Hornback Road Walmart in Montgomery County. That's that's what started the investigation. She had been uh, previously reported as a missing person by Morgantown Police on the 28th. So that's what that's what got everything started. Uh, Morgantown detectives, in cooperation with our detectives, started uh, and opened up the investigation. So. Once the discovery was made, uh, you are investigating this as a homicide. Were there signs of foul play um, at the scene? Uh, the the condition of the body at the scene and just the, the, the fact that the body was uh, located in a car uh, led us to believe that it, it was probably a homicide. Um, once we recovered the body and, t- and took that body to Charleston as medical examiner looked at. They confirmed that uh, we were investigating a homicide. And, and that's uh, Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Tennant. Well, that's harder to say than I thought it was. It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> there, as, with us as well. Um, so she was reported missing. It had last been seen about 2.45 in the afternoon. was reported missing that night. Why was there, you know, I go hours. People don't hear from me for hours on end. That's not unusual. So can you tell us what was so unusual or out of the ordinary that um, there was concern that she hadn't checked in with anybody yet? I believe it was just Morgantown handled most of that part. I okay. believe that the thing that alarmed people is that um, there was a, a situation where she hadn't picked up her child. Uh, and that kind of made people uh, think that something might not might not be right. Uh, so that's when they started looking into where she could possibly be and who she talked to last. The Walmart parking lot uh, up on it's the Hornbeck Road Walmart. That's the one off of I sixty eight. If there is any place that has more cameras than a casino, it it's Walmart. Have you looked at surveillance footage? Have you pulled that? Is there surveillance footage of of the parking lot and of the vehicle? Yes. We, we pulled that. Um, we're, we're looking at that, plus some other uh, digital evidence, electronic evidence, uh, to determine uh, where she may have been, where she came from, uh, and who else could be involved. Talking to uh, Sheriff Perry Palmer, Lieutenant Pete Tennant, uh, updating us on the Alexa Randolph investigation. At this point, are there persons of interest? Do you have suspects? Uh, are, are there people you're looking into? Where are you with that, or what can you tell me? Well, I, I can't really identify a particular suspect. I, can, I will say that we have multiple leads, uh, which is certainly taking us in a particular direction. Uh, I won't identify a suspect or suspects at this point, but um, I will say that evidence and leads have taken Point us in a certain direction, Dave. And as of this time, um, the vehicle, her vehicle, has been taken to the state police crime lab, as well as uh, some other evidence. And an autopsy was performed on Monday, where our detectives were also present for that. Uh, I don't even know if you could answer this question or not, but. Uh... The vehicle was found at the Hornbeck Road Walmart, and some people don't know this, but that is actually in Morgantown city limits. Uh, that's why it started with you know the MPD there. Uh, you guys took over the investigation or leading it. Now that leads me to believe 
um, that the crime didn't actually happen or a crime didn't happen up at the Walmart. It happened somewhere in the county. Can you tell me or do you know where the alleged crime took place or is, is that still can you go there yet? I uh, can't really go there yet. It, it's some when Morgantown started investigating that at the Walmart, uh, their prior investigation into the missing person uh, was kind of starting to point them into the county a little bit. Uh, that's when they involved us in the investigation. And once the body was discovered, it, the leads and, and some of the evidence uh, continued to point into the county. So that's why we decided to, to kind of work this jointly. Uh, we're going to be the lead investigators because I believe it'll end up in the county, uh, but they're still assisting. That's, that's kind of how we got involved. Okay, so, so both agencies, you guys are working together on this investigation. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, that's accurate. Uh, guys, is there anything else that uh, we need to know? How can, can people still reach out if they may have seen something or heard something and uh, need to report it to you guys? Yeah, Dave, on that, we've had numerous calls from a lot of the state and federal agencies for assistance on this, and they've been helpful as well as Granville PD has done some forensics for us, too. Um, if they have any information whatsoever, they need to call the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office Detectives at 304-291-7218. Sheriff Perry Palmer and uh, Detective Lieutenant Pete Tennant. Guys, uh, I appreciate the update, and uh, when you have more to release, you know the number. Let me know. I, I would appreciate it. All right, Dave. Thanks. Guys, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, tragic story there. Tragic story. And you want to get as much information out, you know, but, uh, you know, they have an investigation to run. They have an investigation to run. And, and their responsibility is to bring whoever did this to justice, obviously. So uh, we'll continue to update you on that story as it becomes available. But uh, as you heard there, autopsy being performed. Uh, there were signs of foul play that obviously led to a homicide investigation. Uh, what else to unpack from that? The surveillance footage, there should be a ton of it, again, from Walmart with the uh, vehicle being there. A lot of reports being called in. So we will continue to update you as information becomes available, and that uh, investigation continues. But uh, going on about a week since that uh, investigation opened up. All right, open phones, rest of the way, 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255. That is the phone number, 304-TALK-304 is the text line. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. We spent a lot of time discussing the potential police review board again this week. Spoke to the attorney representing the Fraternal Order of Police, who said, pass it with the investigative powers, and this is going to end up in court. Talk to Molly Kennedy. She represents the ACLU. Got her take on it. Says it's about transparency and accountability. Building trust. There's also that little issue that doesn't even fall in line with state code. So if you want to weigh in on that, you're more than welcome to. I'll take your Super Bowl pick if you want to do that. And we might get here. So the governor's been making all the rounds, the cable news networks, a lot of national publications, and, well, the rest of the country just discovering the Jim-isms 
if you want to call him that, of our esteemed governor. <laughs> so we'll get into all that, whatever you want, coming up in the second half of the show. Right now, let's get a news update. Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town. If you ever start reading a Twitter thread and about halfway through it, you can't remember why you clicked on it in the first place? Happened to me during the break. It was a waste of three minutes. 800-765-TALK is the phone number. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. Anything goes Friday. I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Ruth, you are up first. Good morning. Well, good morning to you, sir, and I enjoy your program so much. And I have a thought coming from an older person that remembers way back when. Uh, in all the discussion of alternative energy sources, nobody seems to remember hydroelectric power is wonderful, it's clean, it's very reliable. And besides that, since I live in the Grafton area, there's a beautiful dam built there in on the uh, you know it's uh, in the valley falls park but uh, the army corps of engineers built this lovely dam to impound water to make hydroelectric power now the coal industry was not thrilled with this of course so it just never got off the ground and it's just there and all that wonderful energy is running away nobody's catching it they put in a turbine there while they're being up there probably for a lot of places in West Virginia. Well, you know, Ruth, that I think you bring up a really interesting point because we never hear about hydro. And I'll, I'll build on what you just said there. Several years ago in Morgantown, there was a proposal, and to be honest, I've lost track of it, for a hydro plant on the Mon here in Morgantown. And it was met with a lot of resistance here in town. And to be honest, yeah, I, I don't know where that is. Go ahead. Well, the coal people don't want hydroelectric as long as they can mine coal, which is very good mm -hmm. for the miners, you know. But if these uh, people that are trying to kill fossil fuels kill the coal mines, well, the next thing best for West Virginia would be hydroelectric. I'm sure you realize that we don't have enough sunshine <laughs> every day to make uh, solar panels totally effective. And the big wind farms, all they do is kill the eagles and the... Blades are not recycled, but you got to bury them somewhere. See, what else? Well, I know all this other stuff. And the lithium mines, they're more terrible than the coal mines if they'd look into it. I don't think the people that have started getting all these proposals have really studied the problem. Well, Ruth, I'll tell you, I <laughs> sometimes I wonder, and you know, you mentioned the sun. I tell people all the time who don't live here, the sun goes down in West Virginia about 3 in the afternoon. Uh, they don't yeah, believe me. True. But it's the truth, oh. isn't it? <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. In fact, and it comes up way late, and lots of times there are clouds all over the place. <laughs> That's right. That's you right. You know, you have to have your overcoat on in July if you live up in Preston County. I've taught up there for years. I know all about it. Ruth, I appreciate the call. I enjoyed it. You have a great weekend. Thanks for uh, listening and in. you're the same, and thanks for talking to me. Any, God bless you. Anytime, Goodbye. Ruth. Thank you very much. 800-765-8255-304-TALK-304 is the text line. Tell you what, we'll uh, step aside, take a break. Text and tweets coming up. I got some statistics. Again, I've only started to really dive in, and we'll we'll dip our toe into the uh, 
statistics pool because, well, everybody wants to use them to prove their case. And I'm not out to just prove a case. I'm just trying to figure out what are the real numbers and is there a cause and effect correlation. We'll, we'll start to wade into it coming up other side of the break. Your calls, texts, and tweets are welcome. We'll talk about whatever you want to. 800-765-TALK. That's 800-765-8255. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. 938, Dave and Sarah. Now back to the talk of the town. 800-765-8255 is the phone number. 304-TALK-304. The text line. Anything goes Friday. You heard Ruth. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Super Bowl picks. Uh, The rest of the country finally catching on to... How would you describe... The governor's personality, maybe. Maybe that's the best way to describe it. The rest of us, at this point, we just... Yep, that's the governor. The rest of the country... really latched on to uh, what's the, what's the latest catchphrase egg sucking cows which i still i have heard a lot of phrases in my day <laughs> a lot of um, appalachianisms if you will i still can't figure out counting the egg sucking cows dividing by four carry the to the second power still trying to figure all that one out <laughs> anyway so During the discussion yesterday with Molly Kennedy, ACLU representative, we were talking about, and we talked a lot about this in the last two weeks because, well, there's actually been some news to talk about with the Potential Police Review Board in Morgantown. And it's significant because, a couple of reasons it's significant to continue to discuss. One, there's no entity like that in the state of West Virginia. Now, I think for very good reason, but... This would be a first-of-its-kind board if it is approved. But also, if it is approved, as it is written now, it's, it's going to end up in court. And we're going to have the probably the state Supreme Court weigh in and clear up any ambiguity on whether or not such a body can exist or not. Now, do I believe based on previous actions by Morgantown City Council. Will they move forward with this board? I believe they will. Whether or not the Attorney General comes back with an opinion that is favorable to the creation of the board or not, I think they move ahead with it. And I think this ultimately is going to end up in court. We started this dive down into the statistics, and I told you at the end of the show, Mark Twain said it, there are lies, damn lies, and then there are statistics. So to try to understand or try to apply a narrative that might be true somewhere else or is true somewhere else, to apply it to Morgantown based on a based on statistics that support your narrative, okay. But as I've learned, as I've started to dive into it, there's a lot more that goes into it. There's a lot more. You've got to provide some context of the population, of the interactions, of the possible more uh, 
possibly more interactions with the police. Where are people from? There is the college population you got to throw in there as well. And then there's the raw data to consider as well. Because what are we talking about? We're, we're talking about specifically the investigative process and allegations of misconduct. And now misconduct is, is quite a wide, wide term there that, that catches a lot. But if you want to look at what seems to grab the headlines, that's use of force. Use of force. Now, this is on the city of Morgantown's website from the Morgantown Police Department. In 2019, 49,288 calls for service in 2019. Out of those, 49,288 calls for service. Now, that can range from everything for burglary in progress to my cats in a tree. How many of those do you think there were use of force incidents? Go ahead. 72. Involving 53 individuals out of 49,288 calls for service. 36 of those involved physical use of force. 18 pepper spray, 9 taser, 8 firearm. In case you're wondering what the percentage there is, that's 0.001% of calls for service resulted in a use of force incident. So my question is this. What's the need again? Why is there this... I have a question more about why there is this sense of distrust among some in the community more than I have a question of, boy, we've got a problem here where, where officers are just running rampant. If that number was higher, if there were a lot more incidents of use of force, I would probably have some questions. So one, I question the need for it, especially involving investigative powers. But also, I would rather get more to the question and try to tackle the issue of the the trust, the transparency. And I think there is a foundational agreement there on both sides. And if it proceeds in this direction that it seems to be headed, approve this, get it through, form the board, kind of the, the mentality, well, if you don't like it, sue us. That seems to be the legal counsel here for the city. Are you doing anything to really help build trust, help build communication, help build relationships? Because let me tell you what the narrative is going to end up being at the end of the process. And I know I'm jumping ahead about 12 steps here. The city approves it. The FOP files a lawsuit. Judge overturns it. And guess what the narrative becomes? Well, we try. The police don't want it. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's a case of you can't do it under state code. And if state code needs change, then you need to start an effort to change that. Not try to ram through a board in a city where you have the political will to do that. Where your legal counsel seems to be, well, we'll do it anyway and they can sue us later. If you don't think that's the legal counsel, take a look at all the other legal issues the city of Morgantown has been in, uh, been involved with 
in the last five years. We can't build that building. We don't own that property. Ah, we'll build it and he can sue us later. Is this the direction? Now, again, I know I'm ju- I've jumped 12 steps ahead of the process here, but let's see how it plays out. Maybe the attorney general comes back and says, yeah, you're fine. That's a possibility. The possibility is there that the opinion comes back and says, no, you can't do this under state code, and counsel amends the ordinance and takes out the investigative part. That's a possibility. That, that can still happen. I know I've jumped way down the road, but I, at this point I've seen how other issues have played out, and this is the truck ban all over again. Truck ban played out the same way. Can't do it. We're telling you you can't do it. Well, we're going to do it anyway. And guess what? Trucks are still rumbling through downtown Morgantown, and they are no closer than they were five or six years ago, whenever that was. 800-765-TALKS, the phone number, 304-TALK-304, the text line. Take a break. We'll wrap it up, set you up for talk line after this. Eight hundred seven six five. We're talking about your town now. Back to the talk of the town. I forgot about that guy. Eight hundred seven six five eight two five five. Three zero four talk three zero four. That's the phone number. That's the text line. Still have time for some calls and texts before we clear the way for one Hoppy Kurtzville. Charlie, you're on. Good morning, buddy. Good morning. I got a question for these people. Okay. The uh, police department serves the public. Mm-hmm. Attorneys serve the public. Grocery stores serve the public. Attorneys serve the public. How many boards are they going to have? Where is this going to stop? Maybe I don't, under- I don't understand why they're they're doing this. And and uh, I'm an old man. I've lived in Morgantown all my life, and I've never heard of a problem with the Morgantown City Police Department causing trouble with the with the people. Maybe we ought to have one more board, and that's to check on the uh, city council. You want a citizens review board for city council? I'm all for and that. It, well, how about the grocery <laughs> store? Yeah. You know, and, and Walmart's big around here. Are we going to have one to check on their pricings? And well, where is this going to stop? This is, I mean... My goodness, they they, they just, uh, it just seems like a power-grabbing group, and I don't understand it. Charlie, uh, I see where you're going there. I get your point. Hey, thank you very much for the phone call this morning. Got to run. Okay, buddy. All right, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, I see where Charlie's going there. And go back. Here's another question that I have. Go back to the strategic planning session. The whole thing is posted. The entire video is posted on the city's website. They had it, I believe it was in June. I know it was after the pandemic started. I think it was in June. Hired an outside consultant to come in and run it. Paid, what, $30,000? Was it $25,000, $25,000, $30,000, something like that. Paid them thousands of dollars to come in and run it. If this was such a community crisis, as it was described Tuesday night, where was the talk of it 
during the strategic planning session where they discuss priorities for the city moving forward. You won't find it or you won't find much of it. There was an opportunity to push an agenda and a place where it could be pushed because there are areas I think what's being talked about in Morgantown would be very applicable and is probably needed. And you can look across the river from Morgantown where there's two civil suits pending, where one, you have body cam footage of, to me, what is clear excessive use of force, not to mention all the other unsubstantiated rumors that I've heard. But there's a push in Morgantown because you have political will where you can advance an agenda. And I think there's, I think you're missing a great opportunity. You're missing a great opportunity to really do something to build trust, build community, to address issues. And I believe, Molly, when she says there are people who, who don't trust the police department, who feel marginalized, who have a suspicion. Okay, I believe that. But is having this board going to court? Is that going to help build that? And ultimately, if you're on city council, here's my question. If this seems to be the way to go, is the cost worth the fight? It, how much is it going to cost for the city to go to court over this? And is it worth it? Is the taxpayer money's worth it? Oh, uh, but that's another discussion for another day. We are plumb out of time. As they say, Hoppy Kirchival is standing by. He is locked and loaded and ready. Metro News Talk Line's coming up next. I'll talk to you Monday, 906. Dave and Sarah. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.